When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 536 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you. It is December 11th, 2023. Hopefully everybody is doing well. Today on, on the show, I want to get into seven possible fits for Jake Cronenworth in a potential trade. We know that the Padres are at least listening on potential offers, and they're exploring the idea. That is what Dennis Lynn has wrote, and we know that Jake Cronenworth, he has been going in the wrong direction since he debuted in the big leagues. If you go look at like the offensive numbers, and he signed the contract extension, and with Hassan Kim becoming a free agent after this next season, there's obviously a lot of Padres fans that right now would rather have Hassan Kim long-term than Jake Cronenworth. Right now, Bogarts is long-term. Kim, you want, even if not, you can have Merrill be a middle infielder. You want someone that has power playing first base. It doesn't feel like Jake fits the roster as good as some other guys right now. That's coming off a bad season. Things can change, but obviously... His, his name is someone that is going to get brought up. It already has been brought up this offseason. So we will get into that. But I did want to start off with some stuff that was in Dennis Lynn's latest piece, which you can go check out right now in The Athletic, or after, preferably after this show, after you watch or listen to this show. I'm sure some have already seen this. As Padres brace for more Shohei Otani matchups, where do they stand with Jung-Hoo Lee? So obviously it got into... Jung-Hoo Lee and the Padres' interest there. I do want to start off with Shohei Otani, though, before getting into the Jung-Hoo Lee latest. With Shohei, obviously, signing with the Dodgers, 10 years, $700 million. It's not $70 million per year because there are deferrals, and I'm sure more information is going to come out about that, and that is going to be very interesting to see what the contract actually looks like. But for those that did not see it or listen to it, I gave my reaction, short video form, and I did a show on it as well here on YouTube, on podcast platforms, what it means for the Padres that Shohei Otani is now going to be with the Los Angeles Dodgers for the next decade. As for the Padres with Otani, Dennis Lynn writes here, team officials confirmed over the weekend that unlike six years ago, the Padres never met with Otani at any point during his high stakes free agency. The front office knew it was not going to be bidding $500 million, much less $700 million, after the letdown of an 82-80 and 80 season, the collapse of San Diego's regional sports network, obviously the Valley Sports, and the passing of owner Peter Seidler. And that is not surprising seeing this news, but just to confirm it, just to make it official, yeah, Padres, they were not really in it. As A.J. Preller said on the Darren Smith Show this past week, they were just kind of paying attention to it from afar. They were not going to be involved in it. 
Now, what would have had to have happened for the Padres to be involved in it? They probably would have had to make the postseason this past year because there's a lot of money there. They probably would have had to have their TV deal because they were in the middle of a $1.2 billion TV deal that went away, and they didn't get all the money that they were expected to get in 23, and they don't even have a TV deal locked down long-term. I think they would have had to have Peter Seidler because who is running the team now? Eric Gutsenda. He has a financial money background, and I just don't think that he is someone that would have loved to go all in on Shohei Otani. They would have not signed Xander Bogarts to a $280 million contract. They probably wouldn't have given, maybe they would have given extension to Darvish, but they probably wouldn't have given the money to Jake Cronenworth if they were going to give, you know, $500, $550 million, that type of offer to Shohei Otani. $700 million, even if all those things would have happened, even if they wouldn't have signed Manny to that deal, I don't think that they would have given Shohei Otani $700 million. San Diego market, LA market, it's different. I disagree with the writers' opinions like Ken Rosenthal and John Heyman that say, yeah, the Shohei Otani signing, it was better for baseball than Toronto. Like, do we know that? Sure, it's the Dodgers, it's a legendary franchise, it's a big market. But I, I would have been super interested in seeing Shohei Otani play for the Toronto Blue Jays. I know that I'm biased here because I'm a Padres fan, but him facing Garrett Cole at Yankee Stadium and him going into Fenway Park and Camden Yards, seeing those AL East matchups, seeing him in the same lineup with George Springer and Bo Bichette and Vlad Jr., that would have been super interesting to me. He would have taken over Canada, Artie's taken over America, Japan. That would have been interesting. The Dodgers, there's already a ton of people that watch the Dodgers, and they're in the postseason every year. Now, does this have like a Golden State Warriors feel to it, kind of like, or like Brooklyn Nets, right, where everyone wanted to watch them at the beginning when they acquire all these stars? Oh, we got to watch them. Sure, there's that element to it, and there's that element to the New York Yankees, and that's why these writers are probably saying it's good for baseball. But I think wherever Shohei Otani was going to end up was going to be good for baseball. But the Padres, it just wasn't going to happen, especially when we see the $700 million number. When we thought maybe it was going to be $500 million, something like that, I think Padres fans were dreaming on Shohei Otani because we knew that they were a finalist. They talked to Shohei Otani. A.J. Preller talked in Japanese in that Otani speech to him in that meeting that they gave before Shohei Otani signed with the Angels coming over from Japan, coming to Major League Baseball. We were kind of dreaming on that. but. The moves that happened before Shohei hit free agency and some things that happened in the organization, you, you knew, I think at least a reasonable Padres fans knew that this was not going to happen for the Padres and it was just going to be us sitting on the sideline and hoping that he didn't sign with the team that he signed for. But now the Padres are going to have to deal with him for the next decade. But the good news is this isn't football where it's Shohei being the quarterback. Great player. I don't want to minimize his talent. Most talented player I've ever seen. I understand that. But it is one player. It's not the NBA. We've seen Shohei Otani, the best player on, on the planet, be with the Angels, and they miss the postseason. I get it's the Dodgers. He's going to make the postseason a ton, if not every year with the Dodgers. I understand that. But what's going to happen when it matters the most? How, are, how is he going to perform? How are the players around him going to perform? Because we know, like in 2022, like every year, Every regular season since 1988, like, or not just regular season. What I mean by regular season is like not shortened COVID year where they're going and playing in Texas all the games, right? Or playing in a bubble, right? Most of the games. 
um, I think it was starting in the division series on all of the regular postseasons, right? We all know that, you know, the Dodgers, they have never come up big in every single series when they needed to. They've gotten to the World Series, but they haven't won it. And last year, I mean, look at that. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman came up small, didn't have enough pitching, and look what happened. So while Shohei Otani, yeah, I, I totally wish that he wasn't with the Dodgers, and I understand he's going to provide a big impact. That is just one player. All right, getting to before getting to the Jake Cronenworth stuff, obviously because that's the main thing that I want to get to here, I just want to go through Jung Hoo Lee, the update from Dennis Lynn. A source familiar with the Padres' plan said Sunday, no deal is imminent between San Diego and free agent center fielder Jung Hoo Lee, who is known for his bat-to-ball skills and who spent the past seven seasons playing his home games at, I'm going to botch this name, Gochiak Skydome. The Padres have longtime interest, two outfield vacancies, and po- multiple possible advantages. Dennis Lynn goes into Hassan Kim being Lee's best friend, and they're working with each other, and Kim's working helping Lee out with the transition to Major League Baseball. Kim signed a four-year, $28 million contract with the Padres, and according to Dennis Lynn, maybe Scott Boris, or at least I guess not Lynn, but Lynn's sources, industry observers, would not be surprised if Lee's agent, Scott Boris, lands a deal for his client closer to the five-year, $90 million range that Masataka Yoshida got last offseason from the Boston Red Sox. Remember, Yoshida signed like immediately after the posting period. It was a very short period of time. And I think a lot of people thought that, wow, the Red Sox are overpaying for this guy. They didn't sign Xander Bogarts and they're overpaying for Yoshida, this Yoshida guy. Yoshida is actually probably one of their better players. So it could work out. But if it's closer to $90 million for Jung Hoo Lee, let's say 90 over five years, that's $18 million a year. That's like, almost half of the Padres' budget, and you still need starting pitching, hopefully multiple starting pitchers, not just one, because we don't know what's going to happen with that five spot, and we know that the Padres need more than just five starters to last an entire season. So, you know, I think that they probably would want more starters than just one guy, but definitely one, another bat, another outfielder on top of Lee because he can only play one position, and I don't think the Padres want... Jose Azokar to be playing center field every day with Tatis and right and have Lee in left or Lee in center who's playing left, right? I don't think they want to bring up Terso or Nailis and have him play every day. No disrespect to him, but I, I just think that there are better options out there. Um, and there's some guys that probably aren't ready to go right now. And we'll see with Marcy. You know, they could have signed Lee, have Marcy be the center fielder, but it's not a guarantee that he is ready to go. So, yeah, I mean, spending like half the budget, almost half the budget on one guy who hasn't been in the big leagues before and isn't known as a big power hitter, at least from the numbers that I have seen, that is a risk. And can the Padres afford that when they need to be contending right now? And who knows if A.J. Perler is going to have a job with the Padres after this year if the Padres can't go make the postseason, right? So... I think the Padres could, they're going to be interested. They're going to continue being interested in Jung Hoo Lee, no doubt about that. But I, I could definitely see them going the route of Kevin Kiermeyer in center field, bring Max Kepler in via trade, one year of control, $10 million, someone like that. 
maybe they bring in Harrison Bader or Michael A. Taylor if Taylor doesn't go back to the Minnesota Twins. Someone like that. They bring back Profar who can play the outfield, not starting. I don't want him to start every day as of now, but someone that can do that. Maybe they bring in, um, I don't know, Jorge Soler. Yeah, that's a big bat, but I think there's going to be interest definitely in Jorge Soler. And I don't know how far the Padres want to go with Jorge Soler in terms of AAV because of how much money they have to spend on this year's roster payroll-wise. We know the number that the Padres probably don't want to be too far over from, right? The $200 million number. So there are names out there that are like one-year, two-year deal guys that you can go have go play left field. But I think something else that we got to consider is the left-handedness of this lineup or the lack thereof, right? The Padres probably want at least one of those two outfielders to be lefties, and Jung-Hoo Lee fits that. Giants are competing. There's probably some other teams that we don't know about that would be interested in Jung-Hoo Lee. Are the Giants, since they don't have a star, I'm not saying Jung-Hoo Lee would immediately become the face of the franchise, but it would be a significant signing. Are they going to be more desperate to sign Jung-Hoo Lee than the Padres will? What if Bellinger signs with the Blue Jays? I think he was in Toronto recently. If he goes and signs with the Blue Jays, now do the Giants pivot and they go in, go all in on Jung-Hoo Lee and the Padres have limits there. I think the Padres should have a limit with Jung-Hoo Lee. Know the limit, AJ, and then walk away if it can't happen. Sure, do they like Jung-Hoo Lee? Sure seems like it does. And Ha-Sung Kim, the relationship there. But we don't know if Ha-Sung Kim's going to be here long-term, right? And at the end of the day, it is a business. And the Padres, I think they've got to make they got to make this smart decision. Be interested in Lee. Make him a good offer. But don't play into Scott Boris's hand. The Padres have already been caught doing that. So that's my thoughts there on the latest from Dennis Lynn. All right, quick break. And then I'm going to get into the seven possible trade partners that I was researching this morning for a Jake Cronenworth deal. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, seven potential trade partners for Jake Cronenworth. The latest there is that the Padres are at least listening on Jake Cronenworth inquiries. They're exploring the idea. That's what Dennis Lynn has wrote recently in The Athletic. And Jake Cronenworth has seven years, $80 million left on the contract. This past year was a bad season for him. He would say that. Everybody would say that. A one war. And this is someone that is pretty valuable, I think, defensively. But when you put him over to first base, the value just doesn't stack up with the rest of the regular first baseman around baseball. 92 OPS plus, a 689 OPS. And before I get started here, for all the Jake Cronenworth fans out there, I am one of them. I am alongside you. I want Jake Cronenworth to bounce back. I hope that Jake Cronenworth is on this team. Uh, that would suck to see Jake Cronenworth go. But I do understand if the Padres right now feel like, yep, the better guy to have here long term is Hassan Kim. But what I would say there is, okay, so Xander's going to go play first base? Or where are you putting Jackson Merrill when he comes up? Because Merrill, when he comes up, when he comes up, and let's say he's ready to go, You're where are you putting him? You're going to have him go play the outfield? Where are you going to put Xander? Because Merrill's a shortstop. Maybe you could put Xander at second and Merrill at short, but where does Hassan Kim fit in all this? Do you trade Merrill 
for controllable starting pitching because you want it, let's say they extend Hassan Kim and then that makes maybe Merrill more expendable because Bogart isn't going to go anywhere with that long-term contract. Obviously, Manny's not going to go anywhere. So, you know, those are those are different questions. Those are for later down the line. Um, but right now, Cronenworth obviously is someone that's going to be talked about amongst the fan base. Some reporters will be mentioning Jake Cronenworth's name because the Padres probably would like to get out of that contract. They probably realized that wasn't the smartest thing to do because they didn't have to do it at the time. They didn't have to give him. And I understand why they were doing it because what if Jake Cronenworth has a few good years here? It's going to cost more than $80 million to bring this guy back. I, I get it. Coming off of 2022, the big hit that he had. And it wasn't just that one hit, by the way. For anyone that wants to say, oh, it was just that one hit, that's not true. He really helped that Padres team in the postseason and multiple-time All-Star, yeah, replacement. It was still an All-Star. He's still a good baseball player. I still believe in Jake Cronenworth. Maybe that's a little bit biased, but I still believe in Jake Cronenworth. I'd rather believe in him than not believe in him. Um, and he's not someone, and part of the reason why I believe in him is he's not someone that I think is, you know, he has his money and he's good with not working, um, just laying back and being like, nope, I've already earned my money. I've already been successful here in the big leagues a little bit. It's fine. I don't need to work my butt off to try to get better. No, he wants to win. I think he's viewed as one of the leaders in that clubhouse, probably one of the lead by example guys. There's a personality there, but it doesn't seem like he's as much as like the voice leader as someone maybe like Joe Musgrove. I'll put it that way. Um, so, look, I would be sad if Crony ended up getting dealt. I guess maybe it would help depending on what the return would be. But a question here is what would the return be? Are the Padres going to be able to take, have someone take the entire $80 million of that contract? Because that would save the Padres. That's $80 million that they would save there. That's a lot of money. Would someone take that entire contract and give the Padres what they would want back? What would the Padres want back? You can never have enough pitching, so probably pitching. Is there a controllable starter from one of these teams? And we'll get into some of these teams here. Is it a position player? Is it an outfielder? What would the Padres want back in a Jake Cronenworth deal? And I don't think that the Padres would want to eat very much, if any, of this Jake Cronenworth deal because they're dealing Cronenworth to create more flexibility. Like Soto, create more flexibility. You're not trading Cronenworth because you want to eat the salary. No, you're trading him because you want to dump the salary. So without further ado, seven teams here. Not all of them are the best fit for Jake Cronenworth. I understand that. But I tried, I went through these teams and their rosters, the top prospects, and these teams could go sign free agents and then they're not that good of a fit. But just looking through like, oh, maybe it makes a little bit of sense at least. It, it's not like it makes no sense where like Jose Altuve is the Astros second baseman, for example. Like Crony going to the Astros, that doesn't make sense. But some of these teams, I think, make a little bit of sense. I'm going to start, there's one team that I really love and I'll get to them here a little bit later. The Toronto Blue Jays is where I am going to start. They missed out on Soto, and you look at their infield. They don't have a lot of money tied up. They have the Springer contract, right? Obviously, they were willing to give Otani a ton of money. So, obviously, I'm not trying to compare Cronenworth with Otani. I'm just saying that they do have money that they'd be willing to take on, I would think. Bo Bichette, 
their shortstop, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Bichette has two years of control. Vlad has three years of control. I thought it was more like one and two. But two years of control, three years of control. If you look at where the second base and third baseman right now, Kevin Biggio is, I believe he is lined up as their third baseman right now. Is he comparable to Jake? I think Jake's probably a little bit more valuable than Biggio. And then there's Davis Snyder, who is lined up at, or he might be lined up at third base. Biggio might be lined up at second base. So flip those. Schneider and Biggio as the second base and third baseman. I'm not saying Crony the third baseman. I'm just saying there's a couple infielders there that I think Crony can at least be comparable to those guys. It's a name that I think Blue Jays fans would know. And I think Crony is someone that will bounce back. I don't think he's going to have as bad of a year as he had this past season. And he can play first base if they absolutely need him to. Maybe they don't have to go and bring back someone like a Brandon Belt. And you have Jake Cronenworth there. And if Bichette leaves, if Vlad leaves, you still have an infielder there on a long-term deal. That's not those guys. I'm not saying that Crony is as good as those guys. I'm just saying that there are, there could be an upgrade there in the infield with Jake Cronenworth. There's money, obviously, to spend with the Toronto Blue Jays. And if I was, I was looking at their farm system, it doesn't look like they have. I could be wrong, Blue Jays fans, so let me know. But it looks like... They don't have a, like a top prospect coming up that plays second base that is in that spot. So the Blue Jays, I don't think it's the best fit, but that's a name that popped out to me. The Boston Red Sox, another team that I don't think is the best fit, but I think it could be a potential trade partner. Trevor Story is controlled for four more years. Marcelo Meyer, he is coming up. He can play shortstop. Trevor Story can move over to second base maybe. Red Sox can bring in someone on a one, two-year deal. They've done that. But I bring up the Red Sox because maybe they could give the Padres someone like a Tanner Houck. The Padres, or excuse me, the Red Sox, there have the Red Sox have been linked to someone like Hassan Kim. Now I know Kim's one year, he can play short. Crony can play short, by the way, as well. Like, let's not forget that. That's part of his versatility. He's also, though, on a long-term deal. And if the Red Sox have a top prospect coming up that they really like, and they have story already long-term, I don't think that Crony's the best fit. But right now, you look at the Red Sox and Trevor Story, maybe he's a little bit of a health question mark. And right now, who do the Boston Red Sox have playing second base? Let me double check here. Go to roster resource on fan graphs. Second base for the Boston Red Sox, Emmanuel Valdez. So I think that Jake Cronenworth is more of an established name. Valdez, six home runs in 2023, 266 average, slugging was 453. I mean, that's someone that I don't think is like that impressive to the Boston Red Sox. I could be wrong. I'm not someone that knows really anything about Emmanuel Valdez. But I'm just saying like right now, someone that can play first if you need him to, second, short, the Red Sox can't absorb the contract. It's just, do they want to do that? They obviously would want Hassan Kim over Jake Cronenworth, but the Padres, they want Hassan Kim over Jake Cronenworth on their roster, I would assume, right now as well, especially coming off the year that Kim just had and the year that Crony just had. So Blue Jays, Red Sox, I don't think it's the best fit, but those I looked at the positions, the guys that are there, maybe some top prospects, or kind of like the Red Sox situation right now, where they're at, Cronenworth could be an upgrade at one of those spots. 
The Kansas City Royals are another one that I looked at. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Michael Massey, he is at second base right now. Their number two prospect, Colt Keith, and their number four prospect, Jace Jung, are second basemen. So it might not be the best fit, but, or excuse me, that was uh, that was the Tigers I was reading off there. I'll get to the Tigers. The Royals, it's, yeah, Michael Massey at second base right now. Low payroll team, though. And they're, they're on the up. They're, they're, it seems like they're trending in the right direction. But do they want to take on a Jake Cronenworth contract when they're the Kansas City Royals? And it's not like Jake Cronenworth just came off the best year. Maybe they're like, eh, we're not going to do that. We're, and for the Padres, what pieces would they want from the Kansas City Royals right now? I guess that's a question as well. But if you're just looking at it from a positional standpoint, second base, I think Jake Cronenworth would be an upgrade from Michael Massey. I don't know anything about him, but looking at his numbers, it seems like that would still be an upgrade. And especially if you're counting on Jake Cronenworth to not be as bad as he was this past year, and if he would have moved back from first to second base, that is, I think, would be a little bit of a, a little bit a little bit of an upgrade at least there for the Kansas City Royals. But low payroll, do they want to take on a seven-year deal? Because remember, it is a seven-year deal, and that's probably what would scare some teams or at least be like, yeah, I don't want to do that. If it was three or four, maybe that's more manageable, but for seven years, don't know if they want to do that. Coming off of a down year, declining, at least numbers-wise. Yeah, uh, don't know if teams want to do, do that. So, you know, I'm listing these tra- these potential trade partners here, and I'm kind of after, like, convincing myself and oh, this team's a fit for Crony. Like, I just don't see that there's a ton of fits for Crony here. And the contract is part of it, is season, performance, last year, part of it. Him moving to first base, I mean, I think that hurt him a little bit offensively. Maybe tried to do a little bit too much and wasn't himself the entire year. And so hopefully, coming off of that injury hit by pitch, hopefully he will be healthy and ready to go for 2024. I think that Crony's going to stay. I'm just throwing these names, these teams out here just because his name has been mentioned. And I think the Padres would be interested in dealing Crony if that allowed them to have more flexibility, gave them a better shot at Kim long-term. But then, you know, like I said earlier, there's the Jackson Merrill question. Um, Again, I just don't think that Crony fits the roster as good as some other players right now. Let's continue with the list here. Detroit Tigers, I did mention a couple of those names here a few moments ago. So Zach McKinstry, former Dodger, he's their second baseman right now. Like, I think Crony could be an upgrade there. Crony is from Michigan, obviously. St. Clair, Michigan, grew up there. Uh, There's that fan section that comes to Detroit whenever the Padres are in town to support Jake Cronenworth. A lot of people that come. I think there was, like, hundreds of people that came either this past year or the year before that. Maybe it was both years. I think they came to – they went to Detroit each of the last two seasons. So there's that. Crony also has an eight-team no-trade list, so I I probably should have thrown that out there earlier. Eight-team no-trade list. So 
Some of these teams might be on it. Who knows? I don't know if the Tigers would be on it, though, because if he's from Michigan, maybe he would be willing to go play there. So, yeah, White Sox, or not White Sox, Tigers. Zach McKinstry, second base right now. Number two prospect, Colt Keith. Number four prospect, Jace Jung, our second baseman, and could come up, I think, pretty soon. So it might not be the best fit. But again, if you're looking at second base right now, Jake Cronenworth, I think, would be an upgrade over Zach McKinstry. And there's, I think there's more upside in Crony than there is in Zach McKinstry. And he can play first. He can play short if you need him to. So there's that. Uh, but they do have some prospects coming up, and they could just give one year, two-year deals to some free agents out there. That is the Tigers. The Chicago White Sox are a team that might be a fit. Crony, I think he does live there in the offseason. At least that's where Schilt is going to be meeting Jake Cronenworth. That's what he said at the winter meetings in Nashville this past week, that they're going to be at a Chicago restaurant here coming up. Nicky Lopez is their second baseman right now, and I think he's projected to be in the bottom of their lineup. Crony, I think, would be an upgrade over Nicky Lopez. White Sox do have their number eight prospect, Jose Rodriguez, who could be up at some point within, I think, the next couple of years, or at least in maybe even in 2024, probably in 2024, because the White Sox are a rebuild. They are a rebuilding team. Are the White Sox on Crony's no trade list? Who knows? Eight teams. Who knows who the heck those teams are? Maybe it's division rivals. Maybe it's East Coast team. I, I don't know. Some guys maybe don't want to go to like a New York Yankee team. So they put them on it, even though that team's closer to contention than some other teams. Maybe some guys just don't want to do that. I, I don't know who Jake Cronenworth's eight team, no trade list would even look like, like what teams that would even look like. Um, but yeah, with the White Sox, I'm not going to act like I know much about their farm system. I'm not going to act like I know really who Jose Rodriguez is. But let's see. If I look at their top prospects right now, they're they're in rebuilding mode. So, you know, White Sox fans, if they want a name that they would know, I think they would know Jake Cronenworth, you know, from what happened in the postseason, him making a couple of all-star games. But if you look at their top prospects, Colson Montgomery is a shortstop, double-A, ETA, not till, well, 2024, okay. But if you're looking at second base, they don't have a second baseman in the top 10 until you get the Jose Rodriguez. His ETA was 2023. And if you look at him, he played one game with the White Sox in 2023. He had a 729 OPS this past year between the majors and the minors. He was in double A and then went up to the White Sox. So they could give him a bunch of time this next year and just see what he has because they're a rebuilding team. And But they could go with Nicky Lopez as well and the White Sox, Jerry Reinsdorf. If you go look at their history, that's where this contract goes into it. Like they don't they don't have a history of giving long contracts to guys. And this is the start of a Jake Cronenworth contract. So while they didn't give the contract to Cronenworth, if they would trade for Cronenworth, you're giving him a seven-year, $80 million contract essentially still. That's not what they, I mean, Benintendi was five years for 75. Do they want to give 80 to Cronenworth? I just don't see that really happening. But again, if I go off of, would he be an upgrade over who they have right now? I think the answer to that is yes. And who knows 
who this Jose Rodriguez guy is, who if he'll live up to what the White Sox plan is. Would the White Sox take Jake Cronenworth in a Dylan Cease deal? If the Padres included someone like Jackson Merrill and they include Jake Cronenworth in it as well, give them a couple middle infielders, maybe there's a pitching prospect that they give there as well, and the Padres can get someone like Dylan Cease back. Where the White Sox, two years of control, we're giving you a top 10 prospect in baseball. We're giving you Cronenworth, who was part of the core. I mean, going into 2023, he can be one of the faces of the franchise on a rebuilding team. Cronenworth, I guess, lives there in the offseason, like I said earlier. Maybe that's something that would work. I think the White Sox get a better package elsewhere, but I'm just throwing that out there as maybe that's something that could work. Um especially the Merrill part of that. If the Padres are willing to give up Merrill to get out of the Cronenworth contract, that you can get a starting pitcher back and that can open up money for Kim extension, right? Because you'd have Merrill and Cronenworth off. That opens up second base for Kim long-term. If you have in Bogarts at short or Bogarts at second, Kim at short, I'm just throwing some stuff out there. I don't think that's the most realistic deal, but that's just something that popped into my mind. These last two teams, I think, is probably are probably the teams that I like the most here. And one of the two, I'll save the one that I like the most for last. The Washington Nationals are one of these last two. They have they have Luis Garcia at second base right now. You know, comparable upgrade, Cronenworth. I think that would fit that. They uh, Crony was floated in the the National Soto trade talks, wasn't he? Because I remember there being conversation of, would you include Jake Cronenworth if that meant that you could get Juan Soto back before the 2022 trade? And I was one of those people that said, no, like you can give up top prospects. Those are prospects. Prospects are prospects until they're not, right? Like who knows what they're going to end up being. Give those guys up. You don't give up a guy that you're trying to help, you know, help you go win a World Series. You're trying to go win a World Series right now. And He's part of your core. Like, this guy is an all-star. He's an everyday player, middle of the lineup. Like, don't give up that guy. And I ended up being right to a degree on that because of how Crony helped in 2022 get them to the NLCS, and then he got a contract. So the Padres did think something of him, obviously. Um, but the Nationals with Luis Garcia at second base, I don't think, like, Crony's not done. You know, he's seven years left on this contract. He's definitely not done. And if I go look at the Nationals farm system right now, so C.J. Abrams is at shortstop. You compare him with Cronenworth. There's, I think, a little bit of a familiarity there. And outfield, Dylan Cruz. Outfield, James Wood. Third base, Brady House. Pitching, Cade Cavalli. Uh, or Savali, however you pronounce his name. Sorry. Elijah Green, outfield. Dalen Lyle. Outfield, Johandri Morales, third base. Robert Hassel the third, obviously we know him. Outfield, Christian Vaccaro, outfield. Jake Bennett, pitching. Top 10 prospects. The top 13, 14, top 14 prospects. None of them are second basemen. So, you know, the Nats, they could bring someone in and maybe they like Luis Garcia more than the casual fan does. I don't know a ton about Luis Garcia. Not the Padres' Luis Garcia, obviously. The other Luis Garcia, actually there's three. Which one? Okay, I clicked on baseball reference. I clicked on the wrong Luis Garcia. I clicked on, there's the Padres Luis Garcia. There's the Astros Luis Garcia. And then there's the Nationals Luis Garcia. 
Less than 10 home runs. He had a .7 war this past year in almost 450 at-bats. 90 OPS plus, 688 OPS. Like, So, yeah, I mean, I think Crony would be an upgrade. Crony can play short if you need him to. He can play second base. It's someone that I think Nationals fans would know. But would the Nationals want to take on the contract? What would the Padres want in return from the Washington Nationals? Would they want pitching? Major League pitching? Nationals aren't going to give Mackenzie Gore back. So, like, that's that's the question. But in terms of, like, positional fit, Crony with the Nationals, that's a team that I thought of and was like, oh, maybe. Maybe. The Seattle Mariners are a team that I definitely... Now, financially, them taking on Cronenworth's contract, again, like, that's the big question here. I, I don't know what team would take it on and be super excited about taking on the contract and be willing to give the Padres what they want, probably major league pieces. But the Mariners, in terms of positional need, they've got Josh Rojas at second base right now. And I think they should be trying to contend. If you're the Seattle Mariners, you have J-Rod in his prime, maybe not even in his prime yet. Like, he's still, I think, growing. But someone that is like that, face of the franchise, you made the postseason a couple seasons ago. You didn't last year. You've got teams around you trying to win. Seattle deserves to have your team trying to win. You saved up a bunch of room in salary, right, with uh, Teoscar Hernandez not coming back. Um, you trade Annie O'Hanier Suarez. What move did they? Uh, Kelnick, Marco Gonzalez, Evan White just traded them to the Atlanta Braves. Um, Gonzalez already, he's already gone. White's already on another team. So Kelnick was the only guy that they acquired to really acquire. But still, it's still a dump for the Seattle Mariners. You're saving money here. Go use the money. What are the Mariners trying to get? Outfield, probably. Third base, second base. I mean, Luis Arias right now, I think, is slotted in as their third baseman. But second base could use an upgrade. I'm not saying Jake Cronenworth's the best second baseman in baseball. Far from that. Not saying that. But someone that he's not making a ton of money. They have the room, I think, to add Jake Cronenworth. And I think that would make their lineup better than having Josh Rojas be there as their second baseman. And if you look at their farm system, which I did earlier this morning, there's not someone there in their farm system that I that is like screaming, okay, this guy's coming up right now. Cole Young, shortstop, second base. ETA for him is 2026. Colt Emerson, ETA 2027. Michael Arroyo, infielder, ETA 2027. And then if you look at the Padres side of things, what would the Padres want back? Pitching, probably. More pitching. There's Emerson Hancock, who's their sixth-ranked prospect. There's Brian Wu, who is at the big league level for them, which I don't think the Mariners want to give up those guys, but if they need an upgrade in the lineup and Jake Cronenworth is a name, I think Mariners fans would welcome Jake Cronenworth in because what are their options? Like, is there, like, from the Mariners fan base, is there someone that they're like, yeah, we got to go get that guy to go play second base this offseason? Is there a free agent out there where it's like, all right, we got to go get this guy? I don't know if I see that. I don't know if I see that. I'm going to go to Spot Track right now and look up the free agents. For this offseason, Major League Baseball free agents, free agent tracker, second base. Hold on, it's loading here. All status available. 
All right, let's see. So there's Gene Segura, who's a former Mariner. Would they bring him back? Adam Frazier. I mean, they already tried that, right? Whit Merrifield. Okay, so, my bad. Whit Merrifield, I guess, is the name. I, I do remember, I do recall Mariners fans calling out that name. Maybe they go get Whit Merrifield to go play second base. I guess that would be a fit there, and it wouldn't be a long-term contract. But then there's these other names like Colton Wong. They already tried that. Scott Kingery, Donovan Solano, Michael Chavis. And then after that, there's no one. So really, it's like Gene Segura, Adam Frazier, and Whit Merrifield. You could throw Colton Wong in there, I guess. But, you know, the Mariners, they have a lot of pitching that they could give to the Padres. Not all of it, but some of it. And the Padres could get out of the Cronenworth contract. The Mariners could have someone that's on a long-term deal, but it's not super expensive. It's not $20 million a year. It's like $11 million a year. And I know the Mariners, they're not the... They're, they have money, but and they have a great fan base. Yeah, it's uh, it's about a, a little less than $11.5 million a year for Crony. Seven years, $80 million. I know that... The Seattle Mariners ownership, they're not an ownership that is known for spending a ton of money, but this is not, I think, a terrible contract. This is not like 11 years, $280 million with Xander Bogarts. Now, Bogarts is better offensively than Jake Cronenworth is, and I understand why he makes more money than Jake Cronenworth does. No doubt about that. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the worst contract to take on. If they need a second baseman, there's no... Maybe these one-year deal guys aren't like way above the skill level of someone like Jake Cronenworth, someone that blows them out of the water. Maybe Cronenworth makes sense for the Seattle Mariners. So I will throw out that name there. So some of these teams, maybe not the best fit, but I was, I'm trying to find fits for Jake Cronenworth. Not that I want him to be dealt. I love Jake Cronenworth. Anyone that knows me, Musgrove and Cronenworth are my two favorite Padres. Love those guys. Uh, I'm not trying to push Crony out the door. I'm just bringing it up and seeing some potential fits, trying to find potential fits. I'm having a hard time seeing potential fits in a Jake Cronenworth deal that will take on the contract, free up the Padres with the money, and give Padres what they want back, what they would want back in a deal. You know, it's just hard for me to find fits. But I tried to find some fits here. Blue Jays, Red Sox, don't love those fits, but out there, Royals, Tigers, White Sox, like those are teams that either they're rebuilding or they don't spend a ton of money. So I don't know if it's the best fit there. Mariners, Nats, though, especially like a team like the Seattle Mariners, where you should be trying to win, bring in a guy that has big league experience, a couple times all-star. He's he's performed in some big moments, obviously, for the Padres. Maybe that's a fit. Maybe that's a fit. Call me crazy, but maybe that's a fit. And the Nationals, I mean, they're rebuilding still as well, but I think they're trending in the right direction. And I think Cronenworth would be an up an upgrade with the Mariners and the Nationals, what their situations look like there at second base. So give me your thoughts. If there's a team out there that I did not name that you think would be a fit, let me know. There are three team deals, I guess, that could happen as well, and maybe that's what would have to happen. But the Padres, they are at least listening to inquiries. They are exploring the idea of trading Jake Cronenworth. I don't know if they would have to eat some of the seven-year, $80 million on that contract. And I don't even want to say seven years left on the contract because it hasn't started yet. It starts next season because that was signed 
at the very beginning, season that already started, though, during that Rocky series, at the very beginning of the 2023 season. So it hasn't even started yet. So it would be all seven years on that contract that a team would be taking on. So I don't see Crony being traded, but I would not be shocked if the Padres find a way to get out of it. I am a believer, though. Before I end this, I just want to make it known. I'm a believer in Jake Cronenworth. I think he's going to bounce back. Is he going to be the best offensive player on the Padres? No, that's not who he is anyway. Um, But I think he can be an important piece to the Padres making the postseason in 2024. We shall see, though. SeatGate code, talking for hours, $20 off your order. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match, up to $100. There's NFL, obviously. I think there might be two games tonight. College football, bowl season coming up here this month. College basketball, NHL, there's a bunch of different stuff happening there. Underdog Fantasy, go check them out. Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Best cheesesteaks, garlic fries in San Diego. Main location is on Friars Road. And then Breaking Tea and Foco, they've got some great Padres, holiday ideas, Aztecs, Wave, shirts and sweatshirts there as well on Breaking Tea. Aztecs, I made my reaction video, so you can check that out on YouTube right after the Aztecs. Narrow win. The other night, Micah Parrish coming up big. Jay Powell with the rebound. He had a pretty good night as well. Aztecs, they have some time off before facing St. Catherine on the 19th, I want to say, at Viejas Arena. They have a couple losses. Hopefully, um, they're not going to have very many more before we get into this conference schedule. And hopefully, they won't have very many in the conference schedule. But yeah, San Diego State getting that win over UC Irvine. They lost to Grand Canyon, but they bounced back. Very barely getting the win, but hey, a win is a win. That's what matters the most is they get the win. Um, so yeah, that's really what's happening here around San Diego sports at the moment. Congratulations, by the way. I, I don't want to forget mentioning them. Point Loma Nazarene, Division Two, not Division One, but Division Two women's soccer. They are the national champions. I saw this this weekend. And the joy on their faces when they scored that goal and they ended up winning the title and some of the fans that were showing up there in, I believe, North Carolina was where the match was played. But yeah, Point Loma Nazarene, they beat Washburn, captures the school's first ever NCAA championship. Division II, Emma Thrapp knocked in the game-deciding goal. I saw saw the header that um, went in that Point Loma Nazarene posted. Beautiful goal there. So congratulations to them. Awesome, awesome job there. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Talking Friars episode 536. Thank you, everybody, for the time. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. See ya.